What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the WWJD What Would Jesus Do podcast. I'm with one of my really good friends who I've known for over a year now. Her name is Autumn Mays. You may know her from TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, any of the social media platforms. She's really amazing at posting content over there. And uh, I want to welcome you, Autumn, uh, onto the podcast. And let's go ahead and start with the question that we're going to ask everyone. And that's, what's a time in your life that you had to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Okay. So part of my testimony, it's, this is like kind of, it's a big strand, but bear with me. So whenever I, before I was a Christian, I was bisexual for about maybe a year or two. I don't know the exact time frame. It was, it was a really short period, but I was a part of the, the LGBTQ community. Well, whenever I gave my life to Christ, like God delivered me from that. Like, do I still struggle with saying having same-sex attraction absolutely but I don't give into that anymore um but there was a club at my school called the gay straight alliance um I'm not going to name the specific name of it but that's what it was like a part of and uh, I was like fairly new to Christianity it was like maybe third year into believing Jesus if that makes any sense uh of my Christian walk I guess I should say uh, but they started that there and I'm like well if they can have a gay club and everything that is like you know totally against what the bible says and everything well I'm gonna start a bible study club to where I can like preach the gospel at my school and uh, I at first I wasn't as bold as I am saying it now because I'm like what if people hate me because my best friend was actually the person who started uh, the gay straight alliance at my school <laughs> and so um I loved him and everything and I shared the gospel with him but I I, I knew as I was beginning this like three year down the road of when I gave my life to Christ uh that being gay is a sin but does that make it any less what's the word any less than other sins or let me rephrase that any more than sins like it's not greater than other sins but that's a whole nother sermon for down the road <laughs> but um I wanted to start this uh thing uh, this bible study uh club with my friend and not the one who was doing the gay straight alliance but another friend who was a Christian at the time and um I started it pretty much and let me tell you it was nerve-wracking because I'm not the type of person to just like do bold crazy stuff and just speaking out but uh that was just like a beginning part I guess of what God was calling me to do because uh obviously we're all called to go and to preach the gospel that's just no ifs ands or buts if you believe in Jesus so that was just like one specific time really for sure. And I know that you briefly mentioned, uh, as far as the sexuality goes, is that a lot of people look at that as a higher sin than others, which really saddens me as well as other Christians. Uh, and the reason that I bring that up is it's something that's a real problem, especially in the Southern churches, you know, talking like South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, the really Southern churches, they look at that as like the highest sin, like God cannot forgive you for from that. And I think that's so sad. Uh, and I want to kind of talk about that. So as far as when you gave your life to Christ and when you came away from uh, being bisexual, 
did the church view you differently? Like when you walked in, did the church kind of judge you for that? Or how did that happen? I don't think I ever actually told the church until I told my testimony. And I'm thankful that my church didn't look at me different. Uh, have I ever told them that I still struggle with having those attractions? No, but they will know now that I do. But um, I mean, if they watch my TikToks, they know, but yeah um but yeah no they, they didn't really view me any different um which I'm thankful for but like you said there are some churches that are like ah you are like there was one TikTok I was watching and it was this guy he was just like going off he's like there's no homosexuals allowed in this church there's no chance of repentance and I'm like what bible are you reading quoting uh Jamie T ministries like what the heck like salvation is for everyone like does that make sense yeah for sure yeah like it it really saddens me that there are american churches that literally will kick people out for sinning for being human uh and you know the only perfect person is obviously jesus and we know that if we read scripture but it's sometimes like when you get into these american churches that are you know very conservative very highly conservative churches they view that so highly and so differently than we really should because while yes being gay is a sin being bisexual is a sin being a part of that community is a sin there's also that hope and that that hope that Jesus can save us and I think that's something that a lot of people need to realize is that even that community God can save you like and I think that's part of the reason that so many people in that community are afraid to come to church and afraid of Christianity is because they've been hurt by the church and been hurt by things that people have said to them. Like you can't be saved because of this. And that's just not true. Like, obviously you have to turn away from your wicked ways, but that doesn't define you. You know, you, you will have a testimony at the end of the day and you just have to turn from that that sin that we're all trapped in, whether we're trapped in that sin or trapped in gossiping. There's so many different sins that we can be trapped in, but they're all sins at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really important. Um, another thing that I wanted to briefly touch on is how did the sexual, how did the sexuality portion play a part in your depression story? Oh my goodness. So something that I've always said is that whenever you are a part of that community, you put your identity into your sexuality. And with that, and with that, if you put your identity in something that's not of God, the enemy, I feel, has room to attack. Because it's just, yeah, the enemy will have room to attack you and just kind of use you, if that makes sense. Like, uh, it's hard to explain. But uh, I was depressed because, first of all, I suppressed those feelings for, like, so, backstory. I had a crush on my friend who was a girl, and that's where I kind of, like, had both, de not desires, attractions. Like, those attractions started, I guess, if that makes sense. So, I suppressed that for so many years, and then... Um, I was bullied, not for being gay per se, but um, not gay, but bisexual, but anyways, same track. Um, 
but I suppressed that for so many years. And if you bottle up something for so long, it, it just, it pops on you. For sure. Yeah, I definitely get that. And I, I know people that have heard your testimony know that depression plays a big part in that as well as your sexuality, both do play a big part in it. Uh, and I think they somewhat tie together. Uh, I can correlate them in some senses. Um, but going back to your sexuality, did you ever feel less of a person? Did you ever get bullied for being bisexual or not really? Or did people even know? Not really. Um, because my school was kind of, I don't want to bring politics into this, but they were kind of on the liberal side. So they were more accepting of the LGBTQ community. And I was never open about it. Like, does that make sense? I wasn't open about being bisexual. Even though I put my identity in my sexuality, I wasn't open about it. Right. Yeah, so I totally People didn't know that about me. Uh, which comes to shock whenever I tell people that I was. They're like, what? I never knew that. But like, I was. It's, and like I said, I suppressed it for so long. I never said it. Like, I think it was just the past year I told my family that I struggled with having same-sex attractions. And they're like, what? Yeah, so, for but sure. But they didn't like me different. Right, because I know there's a lot of people out there that want to relate with someone who is in the same boat of struggling with same-sex attraction uh with their sexuality and you know later on in the podcast we plan to get another person to tell their other side of the story uh and that would be a male who would tell the male side of uh of things on the podcast uh I can't wait for that episode as long as that happens we'll see uh but I I really think that talking about this is really important because like we already said there's a lot of people in that community that are afraid of being Christian because of the church, because that they're afraid that they're going to be looked at differently just because they have this attraction, which is really sad, you know, because we're all sinners at the end of the day. Uh, but going back to your depression, um, how long was that season uh, in your life? Um, I would say that it started in about maybe fifth grade so it's been about seven no not seven sorry like maybe nine ten years for sure um and a lot of people forget that when you struggle with depression that while you may be in a dark season at one point you still struggle with depression like you can struggle with depression for a long time, you know, even if there's only a specific, you know, maybe a year or two, that's really, really, really dark, you can still struggle with it the whole time. So kind of talk about that and how your really dark season compares to where you are maybe now or were before when it was a little less dark and you could see light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Um, well, like I said, it started in about fifth grade and I was bullied and that was, I feel the main cause of my depression. Uh, there's other causes, but like that was like the main one because I was overweight. I am overweight. I was bullied for that. I wasn't the smartest kid. So I got called dumb. I got called almost all the names in the book and um, it fled that. Yeah. Flooded, flooded into my insecurities or whatever. And so now I'm worrying about what other people think about me, which 
and I could never measure up to people's standards. So I'm like, man, that's another cause for depression. And then I have anxiety on top of that. Uh, it's just, it just stacks on top of a person. <laughs> and it just, it literally can break a person. And my darkest season was in sixth grade, the year I gave, like the year before I gave my life to Christ, which is crazy to think about. And I was also invited to church at this time. Like I was going to church with the girl that I had a crush on. Like I was going to church. I was hearing about Jesus, but I didn't know him. And I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't call myself a Christian. I was there <laughs> pretty much. And so, um, sorry, I'm kind of bunny trailing everywhere. But to get back on to that, I it got to the point where like everything was stacking on top of each other. And there was so much um, emotional pressure, I guess, that I just didn't want to live anymore. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about that side of the thing, but um, it, it literally is an emotional pressure that people don't see because uh, first of all, I was known as the happy child. So I, I'm really good at suppressing things and hiding things. I, I always say that people with depression are the best actors because they hide their feelings all the time. So hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> No, for sure. It really does. Um, and you briefly mentioned that your darkest season was in sixth grade, the year before you gave your life to Christ. So let's talk a little bit about giving your life to Christ in seventh grade. You know, you're, you're pretty young at that point, honestly, mm -hmm. um, especially for someone who's very serious about giving their life to Christ. You know, for me, uh, that serious standard didn't come until about ninth grade. Um, so let's talk a little bit more specifically about you giving your life to Christ and how that also affected your sexuality, as well as depression from then on after giving your life to Christ? Mm -hmm. So pretty much after I gave my life to Christ, I was delivered from wanting to be with a girl, if that makes sense. I still have those attractions, but I, uh, I deny my flesh, okay? Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Deny our flesh, follow him. So wanted to get that point across. Um, Sorry, could you repeat the question again? I want to make sure I'm... No, you're all good. Right. So, like, you said that you gave your life to Christ in seventh grade. The year before was a very, very dark season uh, in sixth grade. And I just want to know a little bit more about how when you gave your life to Christ in seventh grade, you know, at a, a pretty young age, uh, you ended up, how that changed everything, you know, your sexuality as well as changed depression, how that went forward. Okay. So, yeah, as I said, uh, I denied myself and I'm following Jesus because um, it's just super important. Whenever your focus is on Jesus, nothing else really matters. So, yes, I do struggle with same-sex attraction. I do struggle with depression. I do struggle with anxiety. I do struggle with insecurity. But I'm not letting that dictate my life. Right. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so, you know, I we were in seventh grade just now. We're going to jump to 2020 quarantine uh, yeah. and talk about that. So it's your senior year. Uh, you're getting ready for uh, graduation. I'm sure you're getting excited. Uh, let's talk about around uh, March 13th, 2020. <laughs> okay. So yeah, 2020 was 
a crazy year. And like you said, I was a senior. I was getting ready for prom. I was getting ready for uh, graduation. I was so excited, but then everything just went kaboom. And also, I want to mention that 2020 is the year that I got more into like theology, if that makes sense. Uh, I say that a lot if you haven't noticed. But um, and something that I just recently was on a Bible study about, bunny trailing again, um, was that uh, we need to be on solid food and not milk. And milk is like, no, I'm the gospel. You see, I was on milk from like seventh grade year to, uh, what's that? Like about, uh, what's the word, junior year. So I was on milk all those years. But as soon as senior year hit and I was forced to like not be at school around people doing my Bible study club, because I did that all four years of high school. Um, and not doing those things. I was literally forced to stay in my room, not all the time, obviously, but just like forced into reading my Bible more because I didn't have any other distractions. I didn't have school. I didn't have a job at the time. So that wasn't super important, but um, I didn't have any other outside distractions. It was just me and God, buddy trailing again. But um, it's just, it just really deepened my relationship with God. Uh, that's where my TikTok kind of, uh, not blew up, but where I was more involved with TikTok while also being more involved in, uh, diving into the word. Cause that's just super important to me. It's just diving into the word. Um, I, I got to meet some amazing people through this online ministry, um, such as Holden, uh, Josh and, some other amazing people and even people I've got to meet like in person because of TikTok and uh it was just a really cool year even though it was crazy right you mentioned meeting some really cool people um we all met really cool people you know we were in 2020 when we were all in quarantine we were able to all of us were all on FaceTime at, like every evening like it it was amazing I miss those days sometimes but you know life has to go on, <laughs> you know, and it's crazy to think that this coming year, I'm going to be a junior. Cause I'm like, Whoa, I was just in eighth grade. Like what happened? Like now I'm like where autumn was when all of this started, like what anyway. Um, but going back to, to TikTok, uh, to Instagram, social media, uh, when did you start posting at least Christian content on these platforms? I didn't really start posting Christian content until maybe like 2019, 2020, somewhere in between there. So it wasn't like too terribly long ago. It was like, what, two to three years ago? For sure. And uh, I also wanted to talk about um, that season, like leading up into 2021. Uh, I know that you got a job and um, things are, you're a lot more busy. Uh, now and just talk a little bit more about where you're at now and where God's brought you from uh, and how thankful you are for that. Gotcha. Uh, so yes, I work with kids uh, because uh, there was a time in my call in my life where I was called to work with kids and I'm still working with the kids and I absolutely love them. Uh, you can learn a lot from kids. So uh, I'm just very thankful for that because like I said before, God has brought me so far from uh, 
my past self. Like, I don't even recognize that person in the mirror anymore. So that sounds weird, but like that past self, I don't recognize her. Uh, who is she pretty much? Um, but I'm just very thankful for what God has done and what he's calling me to do. And I'm just very glad that I stepped into trusting him more and obeying him and for his mercy and grace. That's something like he's just kind of revealing to me every single day, which is pretty stinking cool. Right. And something that I forgot to mention, and I don't know why, but I think you're fine with me mentioning it, is when we met, you actually wanted to be a teacher. You were planning on going to college uh, to become a teacher and talk about how that fell through and where where we're at now. (laughs) That's actually a super funny story. So yeah, there was a time where I'm like, I want to be a teacher and everything. I was in college. Like I was literally doing my math homework and everything. Y'all, she was on the phone with me when she was filling out her uh, (laughs) papers to drop out, like literally on the phone with us. So yeah, I was on the phone with Holden and just like, I was doing my math homework as well, or I just got done with it one or the other. And I'm like, I just can't like, this just isn't the deal. And let me tell you, I am so glad God got me out of that college because there are some crazy stuff going down there and it it was it was really good uh something that God has been teaching me is that sometimes God will separate you from something to shield you from something that is happening so it was really yeah for sure I read a devotion from Sadie Robertson last night actually before we filmed this podcast and it said that she when she gave, when she was fully committed to giving her life to Christ and she was fully in it, ready to let God take control of her life, let God have his plan for her life. She quit everything. Like she had a job, quit it. Like it was a full charade. And it kind of reminds me of your story because when you fully were a, when you fully like, how do I explain this? When you fully said, God, I want you to have control of my life. It was kind of like, you know, I'm going to drop out of college. And it was just like a spur of the moment decision. And God has brought you from that. And I just think that's so amazing because God works in those ways. You know, he, he, he's, you know, the devil's like, you need to do this. And God's like, no, no, you don't need to do that. And he's like, just quit the job. And, you know, at that time you sound like, it it just sounds crazy. You're like, God, what are you saying? Like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then you quit it and you see the plan that he opens up for your life. Like, it's so amazing. And also with that, there's a lot of, not repercussion, but a lot of aftermath. Because at the time I was somewhat living with my dad. I don't know what you would call that. But I was so scared to tell him that I dropped out. And the enemy will do that. He's like, oh, should have stayed in college. Like, he will do that. He will try to, his job is to distract you from what God is calling you to do. So, yeah, there's just a lot of aftermath for that. Right. Like I know that I keep talking about this, but God's calling for everyone's life is like so amazing. It's, it's just so amazing. And something we talked about last night before this podcast, you know, we were just on FaceTime and a regular FaceTime talking was how God's plan for your life. While we may think God's plan for our life is 10 years down the road, he's calling us to something right now. And that's what we need to focus on. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about that just because I think a lot of people need to hear that. Um, we use the example of a car 
And let me explain this to the best of my ability. We, we use the example of the rearview mirror. And if you're looking at the rearview mirror the whole time, you're going to crash. And that's, I hate to say it, but your life is going to crash. If you continue to look at the past, like it, it will crash. So don't do that. You know, look at the future, but don't look too far ahead. If you're, if you're going from, let's say, Virginia, where I'm at, to Florida, when you get on the interstate, you can only see so far. And that's just maybe six months down the line. But you have a full picture co- coming up. You know, you're, you know you're going to Florida. But the thing is, is God is calling you something to do something right there, right where you're at in Virginia. And you can still be walking on what God's calling you to do in the future. But you also need to be focusing on what God's calling you to do right now. Uh, and I think that's really amazing uh, if you want to talk anything about that, too. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to relate this back to Jesus because, you know, Jesus is a cool dude. Uh, So Jesus, son of God, pretty cool dude. He came down to earth. And so whenever we see him pray, I heard this really good example from a friend. And so he came down to earth, took on the form of man, but he was 100% God, 100% man. Don't want to intersect those lines. They are, yeah. So God knows the plan. He has a will. But when Jesus, the Son of God, came down, he could not see what God sees. Because picture like a line. God sees everything that's going to happen on this line from the day Adam and Eve were created until Jesus comes back. You know, he sees that. But when Jesus came down, he doesn't see what's ahead. So whenever we see him like praying in the garden, he's like, God, let your will, Lord Father, let your will be done. And so I just feel like it's super important that we kind of make those connections. So hopefully that makes sense. For sure. <laughs> um, and I, I would love to continue to talk and I know that we could, um, but I think the main points that we wanted to get across in this episode have been reached. Um, and I am so glad that you joined the podcast today, Autumn. Um, for anybody that wants to find her on social media that does not Uh, already follow her they will be in the show notes or the description if you're watching on youtube go check her out she's pretty amazing she posts really amazing content all about jesus uh and we will see you well i will see you in the next podcast episode next thursday with a new guest and we'll ask them what would jesus do